United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Hi. Hi. Um, what am I today? Actually, I know exactly what I am. Hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I need a big boy. <laughs> oh my god. Noelle's just been making me watch TikToks of people, like, well, two. You made me watch two, but sometimes it feels like a lot when you're just watching men dancing around me. Handsome. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to burden you with that fucking art. <laughs> um, and I'm Chelsea. I'm sorry that last week's episodes were so late, but I was really inconvenienced by having to bleep out one word, and it took <laughs> days to find it, even though it was only three minutes in. It took me five seconds to find it, also. I was just... When you finally gave up and bent well, the knee and came to me and said, help me find it, I was like, right here. I I got... I guess, like, I... I yeah, you're right. That one was bad. But then I also had to delete out us talking about work. Don't do it again. We can't. I'm not do it going again. to. But I also had to like go in and find us just being fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. People can't know. That. And I was like, this shit's embarrassing, man. Yeah. And then you agreed. So like, anytime I have to like really go in and find stuff, because all I see is like an audio wave, right? So there's no no indication as to where something happens, and everything just bleeds together. Mm-hmm. Once you've done this enough, where I'm like, I don't know if that was five minutes in or if it was like an hour in. Yeah. Uh, no concept of time. So yeah. sorry that everything was late. I'm just a sorry person. Uh, I hope you heard that burp. And I hope that um, you're not sorry because it's fine. Okay. I have no idea what we're talking about today. Oh, my God. Well, let's start off with uh, a little discussion. I personally have stayed in some reportedly haunted hotels in my time. And, Noel, I'm sure that you've experienced the same. Have you? Reportedly. Reportedly. Yeah. Have I experienced a haunted hotel? Personally, no, but oh, some have okay. claimed to have been. Have you? Yes. So I stayed at the Ben Lomond, which is in Ogden, Utah. It used to be a hotel, but they converted it to apartments. RIP, because it was really fun to stay there. But it's one of the most haunted locations in Utah, allegedly. When I stayed there, I didn't experience anything haunted um, or anything weird. But I had done a haunted tour there with my mom when I was in junior high. And there was one where she and I both felt a very heavy atmospheric change where we were both just like, oh, like we don't feel good. The air feels heavy. I feel like I weigh a thousand pounds all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And then when we were in the basement of the hotel, we heard a door close. So it was... It was that kind of haunting, right? And it's not okay. like the fun, sexy stuff that you see where like a ghost comes out and punches you in the face. Yeah. But it, we definitely didn't feel good. And then one girl did throw up in a backpack while we were there. Watch so. it had just been like a gas leak or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. It was just a carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that you and I are very much in the same camp of wanting something ghostly to happen for the sake of experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got some stuff on the uh, spirit box recording, which I thought was fun. Um, I thought it was fun, but I still like after the high left my body, I don't feel like I still feel like I need more evidence. I, I agree. I felt like, like I still feel that that was an authentic experience. 
but I haven't put enough weight into mm-hmm. hearing what we were hearing on that. I, yeah. it, it's like a visual thing, right? Like when I saw flow, yes. yeah. I took something with me that made me so petrified that even my sister was worried. I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. When we were doing the spirit box sessions, I was energized because it was fun. I was actually more worried about a cop driving by and just telling us to go home. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's like, and not only do I need to see something, it's almost like I need to see something dangerous to to believe. Yeah, you know? it's like I need a woman in white to like descend from the staircase and then enter my body, and then for some reason my ears start bleeding. Yeah, I need I need her to possess me and then commit a series of crimes, and then maybe yeah. I'll believe. Still. Yeah, like a Jekyll Hyde experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah. yeah. Uh, I I hate to say it, but if we really want that to happen to us, then I think we need to head north to the frigid lands of Juneau, Alaska. Sounds horrible. I know. We got invited to go play a derby team up there years ago, and the stipend that they were going to pay us was like only 500 bucks, which is like just one ticket. And I'm like, I want to go to Alaska and pay all that money to go up there just to be cold and get my ass kicked in roller derby because you know those Alaskan mountain women would beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. They could do it on an empty fucking stomach. Yeah. Anyway. No, a thousand percent. They were so, raised on hockey. They'll fucking do circles around you on skates. Yeah, I know. I played, I went and played Montana earlier this year and they kicked the shit out of me. Like they decreased my credit score. They gave me such a wallop and they're just fucking Northern adjacent. Yeah. So that was rough. Uh, but sitting in the infamous Alaskan Triangle, yes, there is an Alaskan Triangle. We will talk about it a little bit later. The Alaskan Hotel is something that is slowly gaining favor with the paranormal community. From UFOs to monsters to ghosts, there is an agreement that something is definitely going on with this historic hotel. But before we get too far into that, let's dive into a quick bit of history of this place. So, although Juneau isn't a metropolis in traditional terms, it is one of the most populated cities in Alaska. It really gained its place on the map in the gold rush of the late 1800s, and eventually the tent towns from the miners who came there eventually turned into modern cities. After two men named Joe Juneau and Richard Harris started a tent town there, they found gold along the Silver Creek Basin. I thought it was weird that they would call it Silver Creek and not Gold Creek, but I digress. Yeah, that is a little weird. The naming seems like a missed opportunity. It is. Uh, But essentially, they found gold, and the rest is history. Soon, the area was flooded with business ventures, and among them were four men who, in 1913, came to the area and built a three-story hotel aptly named the Alaskan. Original, creative, to the point. Never underestimate the creativity of four men <laughs> yeah you found gold in the creek call it silver basin you want to make you want to create a hotel in alaska call it the alaskan i love it perfect Who's, as the whitestone of culture give them six <laughs> figures in marketing um, <laughs> so the men were so confident in its success that they tied the keys to the hotel to a balloon and released it on opening day symbolizing that the establishment would never close its doors. That sounds irresponsible. A little bit. It did briefly close its doors because it got condemned in the 70s, but then new owners took it over and they cleaned it up and rehabbed it, so it is still open to this day. 
Registered with the National Registry of Historic Places, the Alaskan still remains in service to this day and has since gained a pretty sordid reputation for being one of the most haunted places in the United States. Hmm. Bold claim. It is bold. Yeah, what is uh, it? What is it? The Queen Mary or the Queen Anne? That fucking ship that's super haunted? I think it's the Queen Mary. I want to say think? it's the Queen Mary, but the Saint, the Queen Anne sounds right because I'm also thinking of St. Anne's Retreat, the Logan episode that we did. It's the Queen Mary. Queen Mary. I think that it would be fun to go to one of these places. Um, I think we should do like a haunted places bracket. Yeah. And then see who, who ends at the top. Who's going to win we should in try this to go fight? There. Yeah, we definitely should. As long as it's I mean, not Alaska, States. though. Yeah, not Alaska, though. We can go to the, I think the Queen, the Queen Mary or whatever is in fucking like LA or something. Yeah, that would be fun. I've always wanted to go on the East Coast and do a like really long road trip. The haunted to- asylum tours. Well, I was thinking all the cryptid tours because we could go oh, to, too. you know, the Mothman Bridge and then we could go down to um, like the Dover Demon, the Jersey Devil. All that stuff would be super fun. That would be fun. The only problem is, is we'd have to start in Fresno and then go all the way across the United States. So I did actually just recently watch a Louis Theroux documentary saying that Fresno is like the meth capital of the United States, which makes yeah, me sad. Fresno is not a great place, but, but I want to go there. I want to see my okay. adorable little pants. Okay. Oh, I just spilled wine. Hold on. Let me wipe it up with my sleeve. Jesus. Here we go. Losing <laughs> it already. <laughs> So let's see, where was I? Oh, right. Obviously, there wouldn't be too many places in Alaska during that time that could host travelers and miners coming into the area. So soon the Alaskan became immensely popular and massively successful. Considered one of the best hotels at the time, thousands of guests would come to the area just for the experience of northern living with a little more modern amenities. The three-story hotel has 46 guest rooms and in conjunction to its opening, also operated as a bordello. Wow. No. Do you remember that one band? It was like something bordello, and they sung the song, Start wearing purple, wearing purple, you know? No, because when you said band, I immediately thought of Mumford and Sons for some reason. And now also, a bordello is a brothel for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. You don't know what I'm talking about? I don't. You will. Hold on. Okay. Are you kidding me? Yeah. See, this happened last night. Uh, so last night, Noelle and I went to a jazz game, and her Hold and on. Oliver were talking Start about... wearing purple, wearing purple. I've never heard this. Are you Start kidding? wearing purple for me now. Are you lying? I'm not fucking lying. Your sanity and which they will. Oh my um, God. I will say, though, you know how people are like, oh, music is my life, blah, blah, blah. I've never really been one of those. I worked for a music record or a record label for six years, and my job was to listen to music all day, and it kind of killed it for me. So I tend to listen to the same bands over and over again, but I, I'm admittedly terrible with um, my musical exploration. But I will say Hold that on. I am proud Hold of myself because last night when Oliver... Hey, shut the fuck up, assholes. Lay the when, fuck down. Okay. Oh, so like dogs. When Noel played 
Noel. When Oliver played country grammar on the way home from the jazz game, I actually knew some of the songs and I was surprised because I didn't think I did. I was like, I do actually I am surprised about that as well. I was like, I feel like I only know two Nelly songs, but then he played it and I was also surprised that they would play that at like my sixth grade dance. I'm like, oh, uh huh. But also, we were too dumb then to know what anything meant. So it's fine. You know what is an experience I'll never forget? Mm-hmm. I don't know if Utah had it, but in California, there was like, high school dance parties it was just for the high schools to all come together and intermingle have a giant dance party in a warehouse we did not and i remember taking my friend's high school id i was even using fake ids back then Love i took it. my friend's fucking high school id and a like the high school fucking sweatshirt i don't know why i thought i had to like dress up to to get in because they wouldn't believe me and we go into this fucking shit and people are straight up bumping and grinding to the entire discography of Nelly, including Country Grammar, arguably so the best wild. album. I did go to a, in Bear Lake, they were having a farm dance. And I think I was maybe like 13 or 14. So I was just right at the age where I started to think that like boys were interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a cowboy about my age asked me to dance and he had a chubby the whole time. And I remember just being like, gross. No way. Yeah, I was really uncomfortable. <gasps> Wow. And then what I experienced. Yeah. And then they had, um, and I remember telling my sisters about it and they just thought it was funny, but I was like mortified. And then I was like, take me back to camp. Cause we were camping in Bear Lake. And I told my mom and my mom was like, well, sometimes they can't control it. And I was like, I, never- <laughs> I can't but believe you've told your mom. I, thought, I can't well, believe you told your mom you were well, dancing I, with a cowboy and he got a fuck. He was bricked up. He I was said, like, I told my mom because she was like, did you have fun? And I told her no. And she asked me why. And then also my sisters to cheer me up. It was a, it was like a glow stick party or like a glow in the dark party. And they bought me one of the little mouth ones and I bit it too hard uh, because I was so appalled that like the goo felt like went into my mouth. Oh, and- <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a hypochondriac still to this day, but I was convinced I was going to die because I got some of it in my mouth. Oh my god! I feel like I want to bleep can't. this out. I know you have to leave it. I can't believe you told. <laughs> I can't believe you told your mom. I know you were I, dancing with a dude. You got you was bricked up. Well, I, I would that die was like with my that. first experience. No, I was like mom because I was mortified. <laughs> I remember telling my mom when a uh, little neighbor boy kissed me and he put his tongue in my mouth and she said that boys only put their tongues in your mouth because they want you to bite them off. And I carried that <laughs> knowledge with me for decades. <laughs> oh, that's queen shit right there. Okay. Yeah, anyway, I knocked on the door. Of- she was in the bath and I just didn't respect her privacy. God, why would and you? That was her response. Know? Yeah. God. Anyway. Incredible. <clears throat> uh, so. Speaking of hauntings. Speaking of hauntings. Uh, it was a bordello. Bordello, yes. So the idea was that they could easily take the hard-earned money um, and the gold from the miners who would eventually stumble into the bordello to spend it on the ladies of the night. And they were right. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it is something along these lines that leads to the first haunted story of the Alaskan hotel. Because you see, it wasn't just men looking for the company of sex workers who came to the hotel. Family men and newlyweds would also stay there waiting to strike it big in the mines, and then they would establish a more permanent lifestyle in town. One such newlywed came to Juneau and stayed at the Alaskan, and the husband promised his new bride, named Alice, that he would only be gone for about three weeks in the mines. Obviously, three weeks came and went, 
and eventually worry turned to desperation as the young woman eventually ran out of money and the hotel would no longer accommodate her on credit alone. Hmm. So she turned to sex work to pay the growing hotel bill and slowly she was able to scrape by through the courtship of gentlemen callers. Now, obviously her husband was going to return though. And after three months, he said three weeks, he was gone for three months, didn't send her a fucking peep. So he's the real villain here. Um, he eventually, was he not dead? No, he just took longer and didn't fucking tell her. Oh my God. Uh, I and wish she, he died. Right. And he, she had to turn to fucking sex work because the hotel was eventually like, you can't just stay here on credit, especially if you think your husband is dead. Like you got to do something. And that was like, really, you're either a minor or a sex worker. Damn. And they wouldn't let women mine. That was like all they could do, right? Yeah. So eventually, after three months, this asshole comes back and he strolls into the hotel only to discover Alice was with a client. And witnesses have varying reports about what happened to the John, um, whereas some people say the husband shot him and others say he let him leave the room. But everyone agrees on what happened to Alice. Because in a fit of rage, the husband cornered her in room 218 and strangled her until she died. What a fucking asshole. I know. He couldn't be like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that I left you desolate and alone that you had to turn to this. Like, I hope you can forgive me. Instead, he's like, you're the problem here. Uh, At least we know that he, maybe he died of syphilis when he was like 30. Yeah, fingers crossed. So, according to a manager of the Alaskan named Scott Fry, quote, Room 218. I used to get people saying, she's in my room. I've had people tell me that she was touching them, or they could see her sitting on the bed. A friend of mine told me if you walk up to the top of the stairs, you could see her in the mirror by room 308. I also had people tell me that she was in the bar coming down the stairs. And the bar has a lot of mirrors in it, and it's easy to see things out of the corner of your eye, especially if you're tired. Which I personally love that, like the hauntings that occur in mirrors only, like the yeah. shadow people out of your periphery. We've all seen them. Yeah, those are my favorite because they're very much real. And or it's my delusions manifesting. Well, Either way, a, it's exciting. It's a universal shared experience, which I love. Also, the man, like the the man in like the top hat or like the man in black. The Benadryl man. Yeah, the Benadryl man. We should do an episode about him. I feel like that's been done to death. You want to take you want to take some Benadryl, fight it, and then do a real live reaction to the Benadryl. I do. Man. You want to know what's crazy is I do take Benadryl often. I take my Bennies um, with. I don't take them for fun. I take them with uh, Z Quill to help me sleep. But I think I've built up such a tolerance that they don't do. You anything. are. You, you know that taking Benadryl like excessively has been linked to Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's fine. I'm ready for my bait. My brain has been ready to click off for years now. I can't. I can't carry this. What would we have done today? That's not my problem anymore. Knock it off. Smoke your pills somewhere else. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, I I don't know, man. Benny is a lifestyle, right? Anyway, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um... (laughs) But other staff at the hotel agree that Alice tends to wander and move items, especially towels, and toss them around the room to disturb guests. And Mm -hmm. commonly enough, people have requested to be removed from this room in the middle of the night because of the similar experience where they see a woman sitting at the foot of their bed, ominously staring at them. Uh, Such apparitions are quickly followed by guests feeling dizzy or sick, and in such cases, they are moved 
without penalty because I feel like the hotel staff just gets it. They're like, people want to stay in the haunted room and then they just can't hack it for one reason or another. But staff do co-sign on some of these experiences. They claim that Alice does love to frequent the mirrors of the hotel and can often be spotted lingering around the stairs, either waiting for another client or for her shitty husband to come home. Hmm. Either way, they keep a guest book where their patrons are encouraged to document their haunted experiences in the hotel. And while many mention Alice, they in no way compare to the hellhole that is room 315. Fun. And room 315 really isn't anything remarkable. Um, yeah, it, gives, it looks like a shithole motel in this picture. Yeah, it kind of gives me the vibes of tombstone when i stayed there where while dated there is a certain je ne sais quoi that comes off as kind of charming and comfortable like there is nothing charming about that weird tiny piece of framed (laughs) art next to those two jail beds if you're staying in like a modern hotel i agree that this wouldn't be acceptable but if you're staying in a place where it is a historic landmark like what this is if you go in there and still think it's unacceptable that's fine i think it looks clean that piece of art is from 1994. No hotel art is good. At least the it beds could be better than that. When the when the pillowcases are white and the bedspreads match, I think it's top tier. Match is quite a stretch of the term, but okay. Look, they're both anyway, the, those are the same patterns on both. We beds. can have different. <laughs> they didn't even bother to fold the fucking comforter. They just spread that bitch across the bed, and we're like, there you go. Go show me your bed right now. I bet it is not made. Yeah, but I'm not a hotel, bitch. It's, the the blankets are on the bed. <laughs> so are mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the same. Um, anyway, I guess we could just we you know <laughs> Chelsea, please look up, please look up room three fifteen at the Alaskan. That's Chelsea's taste, and know that mine <laughs> opposite of that. I so, once stayed in a room know. in Jerome. Idaho because my friend's car broke down where there was grass growing up out of the corner of the room and the two bedspreads did not match. It was disgusting and their only advertisement was that they had colored TV. This looks like a palace in comparison to that. I did have to stay at a hotel because we were playing roller derby in Alta where you had to go to the front desk to get the light bulbs because people were using them to smoke crack. So, like, I have two, but also I was up feverishly in the night with my cell phone flashlight looking for bed bugs, and I basically slept with a towel rather than the blanket, yeah. so I did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it gave off this vibe, almost maybe identical to this room. Oh, this but anyway, I do think it would be fun to stay there because it's haunted. I don't think I would stay there just for the hell of it. Yeah, and then the scabies will haunt us forever. Oh, (laughs) just take an oatmeal bath. Oh my god, okay, anyway. It's for these reasons that in May of 2007, a sailor from USS Bunker Hill emailed the hotel and requested this specific room while his ship was in port. And what could have been a regular evening for the small area of town ended up being interrupted by a 911 call placed to the police just before midnight. And once they got to the area, they noticed that many guests were out of their rooms and shuffling about, indicating that the cops needed to follow them to the third floor, room 315. The door was locked, and although they didn't hear anything inside, they decided to break the door down anyway. And in a scene that current owners describe as, quote, just creepy... 
The cops walked into a pure bloodbath. Hmm. The first officer to enter the room was a man named Chris Gifford, who states that the walls were completely covered in blood, and there was no clear indication as to what had exactly happened in the room. There wouldn't be any fast answers either, because as soon as the police entered room 315, the sailor threw himself from the third story window. Oh, sounds like he must have done it. <laughs> and according to, yeah, so according to UFO Insight, one guest named Jill Whites heard the commotion from the room just above hers and thought that perhaps the loud sound of glass breaking and people yelling had something to do with the live band that was playing in the downstairs bar. But the subsequent commotion obviously indicated otherwise. That is so typical of someone named Jill. She's all like, see something, hear something, say nothing. None of my That's like very <laughs> much Jill has lived in this. She probably yeah. was visiting from like Brooklyn and she was like, not my fucking problem. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> there's not my problem. Bloody fucking murder. And there's a sound of yeah. glass breaking and yelling. And she's mm -hmm. like, so anyway, it just raises the yeah. volume on yeah. like, the two-channel TV. I know. She she didn't give a shit until the cops came. Um, she did speak to the media about what she experienced, Of though. course she had something to say. <laughs> and, and now she has something to say when, yeah. when people are showing up with the newspapers. She was looking to get her own reality TV show. I love the, I love the, I love the drip. I don't know how to say things. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so according to alaskapublic.org, quote, I remember hearing yelling, but kind of just assumed that it was coming from the bar downstairs, White said. Mm -hmm. We heard glass shatter from above, and within moments, our window within our hotel room just shatters. The next building is only a few feet away, and caught between the buildings, the sailor apparently broke more than one window on his way down. His body hitting the window and shattering the glass into our rooms and then proceeding to fall down downward was mind-bending to say the least, White said. Quote. Yeah, I don't understand. His shoe like down. hit windows on the way down. Yeah, it was only a three-story window, so he was like pop, 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 or a three-story building. They got Damn. all of them. So some people actually did witness the sailor jump and hit the sidewalk below because obviously at that time um, they had gathered to see what the police presence at the hotel was. And to their horror, despite having injuries all over his body, he actually got to his feet after the fall and miraculously survived. Um, he tried to just get up and walk away. <laughs> Maybe he was in shock, but that's crazy, right? That is crazy. He's like, damn, did y'all see that anyway? <laughs> he's, he's just like, world star, and walks off. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of the story ends there, though, because the Navy immediately came in and swept it all under the rug. They wouldn't disclose any information about the sailor who was injured, nor allow any information to be leaked to the media. The only residual thing that happened from the sailor's fall was that the owners of the hotel stated that an irate woman called them, claiming to be the man's mother, and said it was their fault that her son was injured because they had allowed him to stay in a room that they knew was haunted. Interesting. You know what it reminds me of? Hmm. Have you seen the the like sketch comedy show? Um, what is it? I think you should leave. I haven't. I've never <gasps> heard of that. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah, it's with Tim Robinson. Um, well, then this won't matter to you. But you okay. should watch it. Watch the. There's an episode where he's dressed as like he's dressed in a hot dog costume. And he causes an accident where he 
<laughs> runs his car through like a store window front and everyone's like in the store like what the fuck and then he like tries to sneak out of the car and be like who did that that's crazy <laughs> me so, like, as a hot dog and clearly <laughs> everyone all saw that it was him that's this guy that's this that. navy guy's vibe so i imagine this situation happening like that mm-hmm. so and i, I also honestly don't blame him i think he's a victim I was just going to say, I also wish that he wouldn't have been in the Navy because I listened to this story about the Marines where one guy was hazed so mercilessly that he also threw himself out the window. So is it ghosts or is it just our industrial military Military industrial complex. Oh, good question. A tale as old as time. Is it a haunting or is it the military industrial complex causing PTSD and suicide rates to increase? We'll right. never know. A little weird. Um, but others who stayed in the room since then do agree that there is definitely something off with the atmosphere of the area, specifically that it has never felt quite welcoming, and most guests end up requesting yeah, no a new shit, room. Yeah, no shit, you saw that picture of that fucking <laughs> room. <laughs> I would stay there, but most guests end up requesting a new room before they finish out their stay, and the hotel just does it. They're like, yep, too scary for you. We'll move you to another one. Or it's just um, the ultimate grift. It's the cheapest room in the hotel and everyone gets it and they're like, it's scary. And then they get upgraded to like a yeah. nice ass suite for free. I will say that when I stayed at the Ben Lomond um, haunted, I was on the haunted floor. The haunted room was booked out, but they did have like a more haunted floor. I had an app that would play sounds. Like it would just, it was kind of like a motion sensor app, but with sounds like whenever something came up, it would just record it. And then you could listen like, and then once you were done recording, it would put everything into, like, uh, a consolidated sound file. Mm-hmm. I only heard stuff from the street or, like, cars driving by because it's right off 25th Street in Ogden, which is fairly busy. Or I would hear, like, myself rolling over in bed, like, the shuffling of a blanket. And or, then like, a little... snoring and sleep farts. Yeah. It wasn't anything. <laughs> I would like – I wish I could go back there and stay Again, I think it would be really fun for podcasts. I wish that we could go and rent the haunted room, the Eccles room is what they call it, and then do a spirit box in there. But like I said, it's been converted into an apartment complex. We just got to be friends with whoever lives there. I, They are really gracious the last time that I went there because I went there um, to take some pictures and I asked if it would be okay. And they were so nice about it. Like, they were like, yep, we'll just, are you cool sticking around here and talking to the manager for a second? So maybe they still let people do it, but I don't know. That that was obviously, like, before when it was just a hotel. Hmm. Um, but it would be cool to go back there. Yeah, I guess we'll have to find out. Fingers crossed. So they, they may, also, they do say that they don't rest that well, though, um, when they do happen to stay in the room, if they do stick it out throughout the night. And a lot of the hotel staff often report that most of the rooms have their own specters to deal with. So even if they move you out of that room, you're probably not safe anyway. Um, in fact, there are reports that not even the bar is safe. As many of the unhappy spirits get it. There you go. Thank you. Unhappy spirits. Um, stuck in Foreign the hotel. Spirits. <laughs> that they're stuck in the hotel and they want nothing more than to be left alone which obviously makes the rotating door of guests coming in and out a big problem for the restless dead. But there are many places in the United States that have similar stories, but they haven't earned the same accolades as the Alaskan Hotel and its infamous room 315. So let's kind of quickly get into the why of why people think this place has so much paranormal activity. 
So at the top of the episode, we mentioned the Alaskan Triangle, which was first named in 1972. It is also known as Alaska's Bermuda Triangle. Could have guessed that. Yeah. And the points of this obtuse area cover Barrow to Anchorage to Juneau. And it's in this area that we see some of the highest rates of disappearances in North America. Granted, this isn't this is kind of one of the last places of untouched wilderness left in the world. So there really isn't any surprise that people can go missing here. Um, especially as I myself have been lost in the mall. Yeah, I I get lost in parking lots trying to see where I park my car. A hundred percent. Um, but it's at the rate at which people go missing and never get recovered that really have to cause you to look at the Alaskan triangle with like your one good eye. Mm. In fact, there's a, in the short, short, short years since I've been born short years. Yeah. Just um, a a mere 17. Yeah. 17 years, a hundred percent. More than 16,000 people have disappeared in this area alone. Damn. And you can feel free to blame this on the climate there and then just turn off the podcast now and go live your merry life. But mm-hmm. if you know what's up, which I assume you do, you know that something more sinister is coming. So according to the Missing Person Mysteries YouTube research about this area, the Alaskan Triangle more than doubles the national average of a- accidental deaths in this triangle spot. It also has the highest statistic for missing people who are never found which is insane when you consider their low population. Yeah. So in fact, if you look at the World Popular Review, which is a website that takes statistics, New York's average missing um, people per 100,000 people is 2.98 people. So New York, almost three people for every 100,000 people go missing. Mm -hmm. Alaska's is a whopping 41.87 people. Damn, what about that 87.87? Yeah. <laughs> so they find a torso yeah. and so they count it as a 0.87? Yeah, and New York has a population of like 8 million. Alaska has a population of less than a million. So that's crazy, right? Yeah. Like when yeah. I think of New York, I'm like, shit goes on there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think of Alaska as like a place where people go missing, but it's like literally I kind of do. tens of thousands of people. So it's like got bears and it's the middle of nowhere and it's cold. But if you get eaten by a bear, they're going to fucking find pieces of you. There's going to be blood. There's going to be remnants. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's been a case where a bear has come and taken somebody in modern history. And we haven't been like a fucking bear got him. I guess that's true. But I don't quote me on that because I have not looked into bear tech research. So we could, we should. Okay. I don't, you can quote me on that, but if I'm wrong, let me know. Yeah, I'll circle back. I'll circle yeah. back. So the most famous case of the Alaskan Triangle came about in October 1972, where House Majority Leader Hale Boggs and Congressman Nick Begich vanished in their airplane along with their aide, Russell Brown, and the pilot, Don Johns. The search for the plane was massive and incredibly organized. So for 39 days, 50 civilian planes 40 military planes and dozens of boats, including 12 from the Coast Guard, searched 32,000 square miles of potential flight paths that their small Cessna aircraft would have taken, and they found nothing. So consider this. They searched a grid effort roughly the size of North Carolina. They didn't find a single screw, nothing of the aircraft. They found nothing, which I think is insane. Um, 
I mean, I want to say it's insane, but then also, like, didn't they barely just find pieces from Amelia Earhart's aircraft? There were no that was over the ocean, crabs. though, right? Oh, I guess. This was in the <clears> You're 70s. saying this was a land mass. Yeah, this was in the 70s, and they were following a flight path. Like, it wasn't like they were going anywhere crazy. They were flying back in their okay. small little private plane. And if okay. that plane had gone down, the amount of people who were in the area searching um, should have found something. And they went on the flight path, and then they expanded their effort out to find anything to the size of North Carolina. Yeah, I guess if it wasn't going over the ocean, then yeah, I agree. They should have found something. And most people who have been to these areas do agree that there is something off about them. Um, And this area does get extraterrestrial attention. So Naturally. 100% it has to. So in 1986, a Japanese plane was en route to Anchorage after having just departed from Iceland. And according to the pilots, three UFOs descended from the sky and followed their plane for about 400 miles into the Alaskan Triangle. They reported these craft to air traffic reporters who did indeed pick up the UFOs on their radar as well. So they were validated in the sense that something was following them. The pilots tried to evade the aircraft, but they claimed that they, the aircraft were able to do flight anomalies, such as stopping in midair and changing their position on a dime without stalling their engines. Mm. And after about a half hour of doing this weird dance in the sky with them, the UFO simply dispe- disappeared and the pilots were left in a strange situation where they thought that this encounter had lasted hours, but it had only been 30 minutes. Ooh. See it. UFOs and shit being in Alaska makes the most sense to me because, like, you've seen the fucking northern lights, and yeah. there's a perfectly scientific explanation for that. And I'm still just like, what the fuck? Wasn't the fourth kind? Didn't that take place in Alaska too? I think so. Where did the, that movie scare the shit out of me? Yeah, that sh- dude. Any fucking any this, you know. I'll say this. I'll say this, and it hurts me to say this. Any and all alien movies scared the fuck out of me. Even fucking Mars Attacks. Yeah. When my mom was watching Mars Attacks on TNT while folding laundry in the living room, and I was just minding my business as a elementary school child, I was scared fucking shitless of those yeah. aliens. And that's supposed to be a funny one. That's supposed to be a funny movie. I lost my shit. With the fourth kind. I lost my shit with signs. I can't. I can't do aliens. I can't fucking do aliens, man. I had such a moment in my life where I went and saw signs. And then after I finished watching it, um, the girl I was with was like, I'm so grateful that doesn't happen in real life. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, like those signs and the crops. And I was like, that does happen in real life. And the look on her face. And then we didn't hang out anymore. Yeah, fucking reality hit her fast and hard, man. Also, um, Encounters of the Fourth Kind took place in Nome, Alaska. I don't think that's in the Triangle. Mm. Okay. They put but, in the still, triangle. but still. It was still a fucking scary movie. I remember one of the most scared I've ever been was I was going to a tournament, uh, a skating tournament in Tucson, and it was cheaper to fly into Phoenix and then drive to Tucson 
And we were on like this UFO highway driving there. And I remember just looking out into the vast darkness and being like, this is where they fucking get me. And I went into lizard brain mode and I was just surviving at that point. I was so yeah. fucking scared. Yeah. I have had, I have, I have, I, I would call it a premonition almost because it wasn't a dream. There was nothing dreamlike about it. You know how like dreams are like, and I was walking upside down in an aquarium. That, that's mm-hmm. not, no. This premonition, I was leaving my house and walking across the street, just as it is today. Mm -hmm. I'm pressing the sidewalk cross button to go to the bar that's across the street. And as I'm pressing it, there's like a group of people around me. We're all getting ready to cross. This is reality. I look up and it's like a cloudy day Mm -hmm. and the clouds disperse just the slightest bit. And as they disperse, I can see hundreds of different shapes and sizes of UFOs descending onto Earth. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And then everyone looks up and everyone starts freaking out. And if, like people are like pulling out their phones and some people are running. And then I'm just standing there frozen. And I'm like, I fucking knew it. And that's the yeah. whole dream or premonition, right. as I'd like to say. How do you think you would be during an alien uh, attack? Because I feel well. like <laughs> I feel like I would. Don't lie to yourself. I don't, I don't know heroes. how I would act, but I do think that the Republican roots of my ancestors in Utah would come out, and I would just be going for guns. I don't know, and I then hunkering down. I think we need to be real with ourselves here. Yeah, or I would be. You have to use an inhaler. You're You're not surviving anything. No, I would be dead in minutes. Yeah, you are not hunkering down for shit, my brother. I, I, I've had this conversation with myself. I've looked myself hard in the mirror, and I've been like, it was always the zombie apocalypse situation because that's the one that people like to talk about. Oh, zombies! I would die because zombies terrify me. I would just kill myself. Either way, though. Either way, I'm not. I'm not a hero. Also, for what? What are you trying to survive? So you can live in the caves in fear of your life every day and yeah. eat like bark off of a tree? Like there is no utopia afterwards. You don't get to like yeah. rule the world afterwards. You just get to be the bottom of the fucking food chain forever. This shit sucks now. This shit sucks all the dicks in the world. We're just constantly getting dicks in our face, just getting fucked by life, and we're at the top of the food chain. Yeah. We have it quote unquote good right now. We have it good right now and I can barely survive. I can barely survive and I have everything that I need versus what? Versus I have to go get a life straw and go to a fucking creek and hope that I don't get zapped yeah. in the face by a fucking ray gun. Yeah, no if fucking I way. If I laugh too hard, I have to use my inhaler so you know I'm dead in a week. That's what I'm saying. And it's just like what's the point? I I'm do- going to be like that old couple on the Titanic that just <laughs> it's not even sinking but somehow you managed to drown anyway yep yep um yeah i think i would i do with my my soul place think i would defend my dogs like rambo but any mild inconvenience to me personally and i'm done yeah, imagine trying to go find dog food in the apocalypse. Try you can't even find people food in the apocalypse. I would, you might be eating dog food too. Yeah. I just hope maybe I have one gun with three bullets. One for the I just get us, 
Give me the end of the mist, dude, and I just fucking kill everyone. Yep. And then I just wait. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, so, I agree with you on that's that. That's who I am in the in the fucking alien overthrowing. I know who I am. And everyone listening right now needs to have that conversation with themselves. Be fucking for real. Be fucking for real. Who the fuck are you? I know who I am. Chelsea has come to the hard realization of who she is. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. I'm, Don't lie. I'm mildly inconvenienced. And I'm like, eh, 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 eh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, you know. Yeah. I was like, on a turbulent airplane once and I I I strongly consider just taking all of my medicine. <laughs> so <laughs> see dog, that's why I'm fucking crying. <laughs> yeah. I had to buy an additional air conditioning because it got too hot and I was uncomfortable. You think yeah. I'm surviving? You think I even have the will to survive? I barely have it right now. Come the be fucking for real. Be fucking for real. Yeah. Oh, I don't look BFFR. good. BFFR. Yeah, straight up. And I don't look good in, like, army drab, so yeah, fuck it. Fuck that. If I can't do my, like, 10-step nightly routine skincare, you fucking kidding me? No way. Bye. Bye. You're right. If I don't use the softest of cotton upon my face. Yeah. So, be fucking for real. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Also, in the 1950s, there was an airplane that was carrying 36 passengers and 8 crew who simply fucking blipped off the radar and were never heard from again. Damn, wish it could be me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't actually want to go down in an airplane, but like anything else. That's like my greatest fear is still airplanes. But anyway, uh, this prompted the largest ever military rescue mission at the time. And once again, they didn't find shit. I mean, I want to act surprised, but we just had a fucking plane go missing the Malaysian flight like a few years also ago. Also aliens. You know? Still haven't found shit, so. There is something super sus with that. Yeah, no shit, dog. A plane with a bunch of fucking people yeah, went missing. Yeah, no shit. It's sus, dog. That doesn't happen. That doesn't yeah. happen. They have either found it or it's been covered up by the government. There is someone out there who 100% or there's a conglomerate of people in authority who 100% know what happened to that plane. Oh, uh, for sure. So in that year, one, I'm like, yeah. In the year of our Lord, 2022, you're going to look me dead in the eyes and tell me you lost a big ass fucking passenger yeah. plane full of motherfuckers. Yeah, if fucking right. Katie Holmes can wear jeans and a corset and flats in the year of our savior. Then I do not believe that planes go missing anymore. It's true. So, another interesting one is the case of Michael, I'm so sorry, Lemaitre, Lemaitre, anyway, of Michael, <laughs> who went missing in 2012 in the middle of a marathon race. Like, that would be me, too. I would also go missing <laughs> in the middle of the marathon I would, yeah, race. Down I go. I would let him trample me into dust. <laughs> I would um, dig underground to avoid that shit. I am personally not a runner. I have done the occasional 5K in my youth. I saw Oliver run a half marathon. That shit is packed, though, right? There are mm-hmm. people everywhere on the route. There, I went and stood at the end waiting for Oliver to finish it. There are Those things are just crowded. Yeah. And also, so- 2012, they had photographers all around the route taking fucking pics. Yeah, 2012, we had CGI. So this guy was running a fucking marathon was seen by volunteers and he only had about 200 feet left to go before he got, it was essentially running up a mountain and running down. Um, He only had 200 feet left to go to get to the summit. And he confirmed his bid number or his bib number with a race attendant. 
Like he was scanned in. You know how you get those numbers mm-hmm. and they have like the little electronic. He got scanned in so that the people who are watching the race could know what his ETA was to get to the end. Mm-hmm. And then bam. Never fucking seen again and not a single trace was ever found on a yeah. marathon route. You ever hate running so much you disappear? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot. I think this one's crazy. This could be its own episode. The fact that they just declared him dead. They scoured that area. And yeah. immediately people are like, it's been an hour. He should have been done by now. And they had immediately started looking then. It wasn't one of those things where they're gone for a few days and people are like, maybe we should start looking. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we have a few. Una- we have this one unaccounted for runner. Let's go make sure that nothing happened. They didn't sprain his ankle. They fucking, they found nothing. They have still found nothing. Damn. A marathon route. Damn. All the fucking unhappy dads listening right now are yeah, like, they're like, that's how I get out. Yeah, that's how I get out. Um, And there's a lot of reasons you could use to explain some of the strange anomalies that happen in this Alaskan area. But it is hard to explain away the strange sightings of ghosts in the Alaskan hotel and some other potential influences that kind of disrupt the, nat- the natural order. So, from legendsofamerica.com, quote, Electronic readings in Alaska have found large concentrations of magnetic anomalies, some of which have disrupted compasses to the point that they are as much as 30 degrees off. In addition, some search and rescue workers have reported having audio hallucinations, disorientation, and lightheadedness. And smack dab in the middle of these anomalies, Noel, none other than fucking room 315. The Alaskan Hotel. Wow. I kind of want to go there. I think that'd be fun. It's just inconveniently located. Yeah, God. Just pick some other weird place that has anomalies to go to that maybe has like a by a beach that you can actually enjoy sitting in. That would be fun to go to the Queen Mary, though. Queen I know. Mary. No, we don't have to. I don't want to go to a place where like I might have to watch like a sea lion get eaten by a fucking killer whale. Yeah, You know, I don't yeah. necessarily want to go to that place. I don't want to go to a place where if you don't put on the right socks, you might lose a toe. Like, that's not where I'm trying to be. This goes yeah. back to the will I survive an apocalyptic situation conversation. Yeah, I want to go to a- you have to pay for that. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I want to go to a place where like the biggest inconvenience is like the Ubers are a little expensive. Exactly. Exactly. So I- haunted ship. We could have a nice dinner. Oh my god, they do weddings there. Stop breathing into the I'm gonna haunt you. (laughs) Uh, It's just a struggle to breathe for me, and that's why I know I'm the first to go. Yeah, you and Cora both. (laughs) Yeah, I do love that you did try to pretend like you would have some fight in you. That's what I want to think would happen. I think I would have a gun, but I'd probably use it on myself. Yeah, exactly. That's the tea, baby. That's the fucking tea. Um, Speaking of tea, pour yourself some by going to the link in all of our bios. We are at Go to Hell Podcast. I'm at Noelle Fain. That is at Sith Lord. We have a link to our merch. Good stuff in there. We have a link to our Patreon. A dollar gets you in. Remember, you sign an NDA. 
Don't say shit or I'll fucking find you. Um, we also have a link to Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl's Etsy page. She makes our cool stickers and she also makes her own cool stickers. Check that shit out. Um, we have links to our Discord. We are doing the Secret Santa. I have been so fucking bad about sharing it. I'm so sorry. But the link is in the Discord. It's also on Facebook. My Should bad. we close that soon and actually sign people's stuff? I think it closes tomorrow. So get this oh, okay. out early. Get this out early. In the morning, and then people have the day to do it. Tomorrow um, would be December fifteenth. Yes, my bad, way. everyone. Yeah, I should have. So there's context. Should have pumped it more. My B. I just think it's annoying sometimes, but it's fine. Um, but get in the Discord. We also have. I don't know why you need them, but they're there. Links to listen to us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and I think that is pretty much it. That is it. Good, great, grand. Well, thankfully, it is it because Apollo has been bugging the shit out of me to go outside. Look at him. I just said the word. You fucker. Uh, if you Aww. heard tip tapping, it was him pacing around me like the little bastard he is. Because he didn't want to go out when we had time. He wanted to go out in the middle of recording. You fucking bitch. Yeah, you little fucker. Hey, I gave him a uh, that Kong you got him. Put peanut butter in it and froze it, and so he uh, was <gasps> juiced up on that it? today. Oh yeah, he gets really weird about it. I don't think I don't think he like toys to him. They're not for fun. It's like uh, it's like a task, and then he's yeah. done with it when he's done with it. And he doesn't care about it. So he's a weird guy, you know. Oh Apollo, what? I'm not gonna get him anything for Christmas because I'll be too bored. But uh, poor, but I'll get him something in the next paycheck. So that's adorable. Um. Honestly, he just likes uh, celery. I love that for him. I'll get him celery. Yeah, he loves celery. That's all he likes, really. Um, (laughs) He's a simple guy. He's a simple guy. Shout out to my dad. It's his birthday on the 15th. And then Puffin is turning five on December 16th. Wow. Happy birthday, everyone. My perfect baby. Okay, let's get out of here before I get Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.